This is Caffeine and Sarcasm with Logan Campbell. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Caffeine and Sarcasm. Whew. Welcome back to the show. A lot has happened in the past couple of weeks. And uh, first of all, welcome back uh, to the show. Thank you for all my, my longtime listeners. I know that I have several of you that have been listening from the beginning and I'm so grateful to have you here. Also, thank you to everybody that's new uh, coming in and listening to the show. Um, I, I appreciate it more than you will ever know. Um, I want to know how you you came across the show, whether it's through Instagram or TikTok or, or whatever. Um, you know, I, I do run some ads on here. I don't. I, I make a little like some sense off of uh, the anchor ad, but um, you know what? I, I I run ads on it because uh, this isn't. <laughs> It's not really expensive to do. Um, I, I should say it, it, it could be free. You could do it with your phone. But um, yeah, sure, I'm trying to make a little bit of money on the side. So I run ads on this. I've had some people complain about it. That's the only reason I'm saying something. So <laughs> anyways, um, I'm going to keep trying to put those in the middle of the episode. That way, um, you know, it's sort of a nice break because some of my episodes will run a little bit long, a little bit long um, but that's all right. So anyways, uh past couple of weeks, a lot of things have happened. I, uh, I started doing some therapy uh, with a, a guy from uh, my church, which is nice. I, I, I had a bit of a, a struggle, um, and I, I realized that I needed a break. I needed to talk to somebody because I had all of these, for some reason, I had all of this stress and anxiety going on. And, and for those of you that know me in person, you know that I am not the most anxious person. So when something is getting to me it it it's really getting to me so that being said um feel a lot better now um if if you are uh, struggling with something i encourage you to to reach out to someone find someone to, to talk to uh, whether it's uh you know a psychologist psychiatrist whichever if you're willing to do it that way great uh, if you have somebody uh, a member of your church or something that's able to help you that'd be awesome too the guy that I talked to is a certified uh, therapist, so it kind of worked. I hit you know two birds with one stone kind of thing, um, and I'm I'm really grateful for it. Um, also, you know, reach out to me if if you're struggling. Um, I'm happy to to set you up with uh, you know, Nick from the Resiliency Project. I'm good friends with Nick Wilson, um, and he can hook you up with with somebody if if not just him himself because he's fantastic. I'm hoping to get him on the show here at some point this year. Uh, maybe in August we might be able to do an in-studio episode. So, And before I get too deep into this episode, I did want to mention that I have some exciting news. I've joined in with the Everyday Heroes podcast network. Very excited. Um, those of you know and are familiar with uh, Tony from the Off-Duty podcast, uh, he invited me to be a part of this group and this network, and I'm very excited. We've got a bunch of different shows on there, Brownie and Blue, uh, Scissors and Scrubs, uh, What Makes Us. It is the First Responders Podcast Network, so please check that out at heroespodcastnetwork.com, or you can also check out the link in my bio on Instagram for it. We've got a bunch of great shows on there, and I'm excited to have all of the hosts from those shows on my show and vice versa. Uh, so if you're interested in some new podcasts on the podcast network, please check those out. 
I also did want to give a quick mention to uh, somebody that supports me, I suppose, and that is TigerFitness.com. I, uh, those of you that follow me on Instagram and TikTok know that I've jumped into the supplement game a little bit, and I'm working with TigerFitness.com. Um, it's a fantastic website. It's, it's a rival to some of the greatest uh, supplement websites out there, and I'm very excited to be working with them. Um, I know you've heard Mark Lobliner on my show a while back. If you haven't already, go check out that episode. It's a good time. Um, if you're interested in some supplements or have any questions about them, uh, please shoot me a message. Send me an email um, or you know, send me a message. Slide into the DMs on uh, Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and I can answer any of the questions. Um, you can get you know all your standard whey protein and everything. Uh, the MTS Nutrition Machine Whey is fantastic. Um, they've got a bunch of different brands on there too. Some uh, Pump Chasers, Blackstone Labs, for those of you that are fans of Blackstone Labs. Uh, the Ambrosia Collective, which is the uh, vegan uh, style supplement brand. Um, Core Nutritionals is in there. And of course, the, the Tiger Fitness Clothing and 015 Nutrition, uh, which is Brandon Curry, uh, Mr. Olympia, Brandon Curry's uh, brand. And he just released a, a new protein bar, which I'm very excited to try. Uh, so check out tigerfitness.com. There is a link in the description on this podcast, and there's also one in my Instagram bio. All right, now that the housekeeping is done, um, I'm going to jump right into the episode uh, today because we did run a little bit long. Um, but this episode is is fantastic. There's a lot of great material in here. It's for, with my friend Ryan Huff uh, from The Qualified. We tried to record this a while back, um, I think way back in like uh, November or December, and my audio was just terrible on it. So uh, we redid it, and, and it's even better than what we did before. There's a lot of great content in here about, uh, you know, being men and just and being a good quality person. Ryan is such a good dude, uh, runs the Qualified Apparel and uh, the Qualified Podcast. So uh, we're going to jump right into the episode with Ryan, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Know your role and shut your mouth. That's what The Rock says all the time. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, but it's like, was it blood, sweat, and respect? The first two you give, the second, you know, the last you earn, or whatever. Right. And I was, I just got done with my run, and I was, think, I was started thinking about something. I was like, you know what? There's some things that you're born with. There's others you have to work at, right? And what I was thinking of, I'm like, you know what? I, uh, what is it? I, what I was thinking of, I'm like, okay, you know what? Hey, I was born with, you know, and I kind of, I, on the, on the video, I, I said this on the post, I'll say it a little bit differently, but like on the, on the video, I was like, you know, on, uh, I was born with strikingly good looks, right? I was born with these well-developed calves that I don't know why they're so well-developed. I was born with a great personality. I was born with a decent sense of humor, right? Other things though, I've had to work at, like I've had to work at my physical fitness. I've had to work at growing self-confidence. I've had to work at my discipline. I've had to work at growing qualified apparel. There's other things that I've had to work at, staying in good shape, staying healthy. I wasn't born with those things, but just because I wasn't born with them doesn't mean that I can't also become better at them. Doesn't mean that I don't have the opportunity to then put in the work and the time to become better than, at them. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily that I'm going to be a Michael Jordan. Dude, Michael Jordan will always play basketball better than I will. Tom Brady will always throw a football better than I am. Serena Williams will always hit a tennis ball better than I will, right? And my let most likely will always be a better speaker than I am. Just because those things are those things are factual doesn't negate the fact that I can't then put in the time of myself to focus on becoming better in those areas. Now, will I become as great as them someday? Possibly, maybe not, maybe so. It doesn't matter. 
the point is that I still have the opportunity to become better in those if I'm willing to put in the time to exhibit excellence in myself to raise my own standards to then to where I consistently focus on improving because even though I wasn't born with that those kind of inclinations I'm not inclined to be as athletic or as good or as whatever as charismatic as some people I can still make a point of growing myself to get to that to get to a point where I'm no longer where I used to be compared to where I am today you know and so it was just something I was thinking about I'm like you know that's a good point it's like you're not we're not we might not be born with certain things we do are born with certain things that other people don't have but it doesn't mean that we can't still work to earn better things out of life as well. You know, we get what we earn out of life. We don't get what we want kind of a thing. So anyways, it's kind of a fun, fun little fact, which I'm grateful you hit record right before I started talking. Dude, there, that, so. was, that, <laughs> that note. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Caffeine and Sarcasm. Today with me is, you just heard him. Uh, he's like the... The preacher, the, the the main man, the the man, the myth, the legend. We got Ryan Huff here today from the Qualified Podcast. Welcome, brother. Let's go. What's going on, officer? No, no, former. Sorry, former. I just I just got rid of the. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mister Caffeine and Sarcasm, the Smoke Show himself from the great state of Indiana. <laughs> Dude, it's twenty six degrees out today. Dude, screw that. <laughs> Grow up and move to Texas, man. Yesterday, no kidding. Yesterday. I, I went outside and started the grill to, cause I don't, I don't like cooking chicken in the pan. I think it tastes nasty. Um, yeah. so, so I went outside and started the grill. My neighbors think I'm nuts. Cause I grill when it's snowing outside. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> so I started the grill and it was sunny. It was still about 35 degrees, but it was sunny. I go out, start the grill, go back inside, get the plate of chicken, come back outside and it's snowing. And I'm like, and I mean like washcloth sized snowflakes coming down i'm like what happened in the the minute that i was inside so i put the chicken on the grill i go back inside and then i you know i set my timer on my watch for a couple minutes i go back outside it's sunny again and i'm like what's going on so then i go back inside come back out and it's raining and snowing at the same time like dude that's indiana they always say like if you don't like the weather come back in five minutes it was legitimately that meme like happening in five minutes yesterday wow that sounds like Iceland. I remember whenever I was there in 2018, like when the literally in the duration of an hour, it was, gosh, it was, it was snowing. It was raining. It sleeted. Um, it was super windy. And then the sun came out and it was shining. It was all within a matter of an hour. It was wild. Are you a well-traveled man? Have you, have you went all over the place or if you if, that was like, you know, after high school, you're like, I think I'm going to take a year off and backpack across Europe. You know, I, well, here's the th no, uh, <laughs> if you, if you define a well-traveled as being to a handful of States in the great greatest country in the history of the world. Uh, in addition to, uh, was it Iceland and I mean, Mexico when I was younger, but if you consider that well-traveled, I mean, yes, but if not, then the answer to that is definitely no. So okay. I wasn't, no, I took uh no, I, I definitely uh, look forward to doing that and traveling and such. But like, I, I remember it was in 2018, there was a girl that was involved at the time kind of inspired the trip. And I uh, decided to go to Iceland for two weeks by myself. And so packed, packed up and uh, initially was planning to backpack. So grateful I didn't because, um, oh, oh. what's that? You, just, you were just like, I want to go to Iceland by myself. And you just went. Yeah. I mean, there's this girl, like I mentioned that was involved uh, initially, like she had talked about, you know, going to it and we're going to go together. But whenever things didn't work out with her, 
um, I, uh, decided I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take a couple of weeks and go to Iceland. And so, um, dude, the, uh, which by the way, planning that trip initially was super overwhelming at first simply because I had never traveled outside of the country. I had never been much less solo travel outside of the country. And so I, uh, which by the way, if I sound like I'm shivering, I've just drank this shake and it's kind of catching up to me right now. So I'm like really cold, but I'm warming up. So we're all right. Anyways, but <laughs> chattering. It's okay. Right. Right. And so, uh, but now I decided I'm like, you know what, I still want to uh, take this trip. And so I fortunately through YouTube, I found a, uh, a lady, her name is Jeannie and she's got an awesome company called Iceland with a view. And what she does is she basically, she, she used to live, the story goes, apparently she, she and her husband used to live in uh, either in the States or, and I think it was in the States, if I'm not mistaken, they visited Iceland and they fell in love with it. And the, and the, and the, the genie goes, says to her husband, like, hey, I love, to, I love to live here someday. And her husband goes, well, why don't we? So they, they sold everything in the States and they moved to Iceland, have been there ever since. Well, she wow. has made a, uh, a travel guide for people that are traveling to uh, it's Iceland. And so it's like everything from like where all the gas stations are to where all the hidden gyms are to ev like everything you could ever want to know. Well, I stumbled upon that through a YouTube video, took all the stress out of it. And I just took two weeks and uh, spent several days in several locations, traveled and, you know, I did a, uh, was it um, clockwise uh, around the ring road, which is a uh, highway one around the entire country. Oh, that's cool. And it was a, uh, it was a blast, dude. Like it was so much fun. Uh, there were several, <laughs> several, several times, like I kind of made some uh, stupid decisions when it came to like, you know, putting my life at potential risk when it comes to like, you know, getting a, uh, you know, Instagram picture and whatnot. But you know, three years ago, I mean, I was I definitely do it for the gram. Exactly. It was so stupid. Looking back on it, I'm like, dude, you could have lost your phone at that point. You could have done like, you literally could have fallen into your death. It was, it was dumb, but nonetheless, you know, you're, you live and you learn, go from there, but YOLO bro. That was right. Right. And, uh, but it was such a dude, it was such a fun trip, man. Like I remember yeah. at one point I was, uh, uh, I think I was on the East coast, North, Northeast of Iceland. And there was this part, I don't remember where I was at exactly. I mean, I could look up, I could find the pictures and know, but there was two routes to get to this one, um, was one waterfall. And I had forgotten that there was two routes and I had went to, I was trying to get to my hotel that night and I didn't have the number. I had the number to the hotel, but I couldn't make calls unless they were Wi-Fi calls through my iPhone. Cause I had this uh, Wi-Fi hotspot and I uh, couldn't call them to request a late check-in. And so I was trying to rush to get to this one place. Well, I come to a point where I took one route to get to this waterfall. Well, the <laughs> there was a sign that said the road was closed and I'm like, dude, I don't have time for this. And so, and I didn't realize that there was another route to get there. So I literally went around this road close sign was flying down the road and like, which is so stupid. Cause I'm like, if there's a road close sign, you shouldn't be, you know, potentially there's a, you know, a washout or whatever. That's so dumb to do, but nonetheless, I just went. And then there was a car that I did see coming the opposite way that I waved down and I was like, Hey, is, is the road okay? And they said, yeah, it's great. Could have been lying for all I know. And so, <laughs> so, so anyways, I get to where I was going. This gang of kidnappers back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, well, it's fun, fun fact, actually. Uh, Iceland is actually rated as like the second safest place, safest country to travel in the world, like right behind Sweden, if I'm not mistaken. So fun fact, especially for any of your w women listeners, like Iceland is actually a great place to solo travel to. Um, but anyways, um, I get to this place, dude, and I'm, I'm, you know, I walk out. 
Waterfall, dude, the dominating word in my vocabulary when I was in Iceland was wow. It was just one wow after another. It was the, the beauty of this country is just ridiculous. And it's so untouched by human hands too, which is another way, another reason why it's so beautiful. And anyways, I get to this place, I'm looking out and I'm literally realizing, I'm like, dude, you are 4,000 miles away from home right now. No one knows where you are because you went down a road that was, the road was closed. So no one would think to come down this way. No one knows where you are. You're 4,000 miles from home. You're by yourself. It was literally, dude, the most liberating moment of my entire life. It was so freaking awesome. I literally stopped. I was like, all right, well, don't do anything stupid. <laughs> and, and let's go see this waterfall and have a good time. What's that? So did you like pee on a tree or something? Like there's nobody around. <laughs> well, actually, fun fact, there's really not that many trees in Iceland um, as well, actually. There's a small, I think there's a small area, like a little, this little like cat, like um, ravine area. And like, I think it's somewhere in the highlands, maybe, uh, yeah. which the highlands are like central Iceland, like in more inward. And, uh, but um, yeah, there's really not that many trees in Iceland, matter of fact. So yeah, my, my wife's boss went there with her husband, I think two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think it was 19. It, heck, it may have been. No, it wasn't 18. But they they loved it. They you know they went to that that weird lake that looks like oh the a, blue goon. Yeah, it's like full of yeah man. Um, oh, what is it? Uh, what are those? Silum sticks, glow sticks. It looks like it's full of that glow stick goo. You know what? I'm oh talking? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's bit, I forget what it's called, but yeah. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, they said it was awesome. They said it was a great trip, and yeah, that'd be a nice country to go to. And it's, it's really like, fun. Dude, they have YouTube channels for everything. Like, yeah, the fact that you were able to, to like plan this trip off of YouTube is so telling of of now of, yeah. of how we, we act. You know, you used to call a, you know, a travel agent. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm interested in going to this on this trip. Can you help me out and book these hotels and everything? And now you just do everything online. Like, you know, yeah. hey, where are we going to go? I don't know. YouTube it, you know. Yeah. I mean, heck, I changed I changed out toilets with YouTube. I've changed light sockets with YouTube. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's it's amazing. There's there's so much good that can be found on the internet, along with all the bad crap. You got but oh, you gotta sure. filter out which is which. You know. Well, it's just like in life, you get what you focus on. You know, if I told you right now to look around the room you're at and say, "Hey, look for everything you see that is blue," and you know, you look around, look around, you see everything you see as blue, and then I told you to close your eyes and tell me everything you saw that was yellow. Well, it'd be really hard to tell me what's yellow more, more you know, we probably name a couple things here and there, but more often than not, it probably would be difficult because your focus is only on the blue, right? Same thing is true in life is what you choose to focus on is what you tend to manifest. If you're focusing on all the bad, well, you're never going to be able to really see the good. You know, and We see that in today's society, even more than anything else. It's like people are just focusing on so many negative things that are happening and so many negative things, unfortunately, are really not that even negative. They're just there's just a negative spin put on them whenever it's really not as bad as it's made out to be kind of a thing, you know. So but you get out, you get out of life what you what you demand out of life kind of a thing. Yeah. Is if it thing. leads, it leads. Yep. That's unfortunately, that's the way it is. And, you know, I mean, heck, that CNN guy was quoted as saying that if it bleeds, it leads. That's yeah. what sells stories. And, you know, so people, they, they won't even read the article. They'll just read the headline and see negativity in it and share it and comment on it. And it's like, like you can't, you didn't even look into what actually occurred. You're right, just right. reading the clickbait. And that's, that's what it's all about anymore, bro. It's all about clicks and likes and shares. And, you know, unfortunately we can't click and like and share in our real lives. Right. You know, unfortunately it's not that easy. I can't walk around and 
you know, say that I like things left and right and that be the end of my day. You have to invest in your life and in things that you do and in things that you like. You know, I was going on about it in my my last episode I <laughs> about pushing past mediocrity. Yeah. Like we we want to be more than average to like the internet, which is just so strange. Everybody wants to go viral and and do all this stuff and it's like, look, why don't you just focus on what's in front of you? and start working on that i'm all about being great right. that's all i want all i want to be is the best version of myself and more than average but people seek so much more than what what they're willing to work for i suppose is what i'm saying yeah there's a uh, quote from a book uh it's called as a man thinketh by james allen it says Men are anxious to improve their circumstances, but are unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound, you know, and there's a quote that I love from uh, Les Brown. It's one I actually have hanging in my room. It says, uh, in order to do something you've never done, you've got to become someone you've never been before. You know, there's a price that you have to pay in order to get to where you want. Just like, for instance, like you and I both are on, are doing 75 hard. What day are you on right now, by the way? Uh, 52, I think. Nice. I think I'm on. Today is. Sorry, three. Nice. I'm on day uh, 20, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see here yeah. on the app. Yeah, I'm on day 20 right now. I would be on like day 43, but I I messed up a workout. So, anyways, I had to start over. But nonetheless, um, one of the coolest things about this is like what you how you've programmed yourself up into today has gotten you to where you are today, right? If you are someone who doesn't work out, for instance, or someone who doesn't have the greatest diet or someone who looks at pornography or someone who does whatever, whatever kind of vice that you have that you know you need to get better in. The reason you're like that today is because you've programmed yourself to be that kind of person, right? I, well, I'm the kind of person, I don't really like working out. I'm the kind of person, well, I kind of eat whatever I like to eat. I'm the kind of person that doesn't really follow through. I'm the kind of person, whatever, fill in the blank, right? But most people never realize is what most people never realize is is that you could change ex everything that you want in your life if you reprogram yourself, right? If you reprogram the you know the, the your brain your brain is just like a computer, right? A computer works based on how you program it, right? So if we're wanting to change the outcomes of our life, we need to change what we've been inputting into it, right? Like, for instance, my mentor and I were actually having this conversation last night, and my best friend, really, I should say. And one of the things that he and I were talking about that he was telling me about as well, he's like, dude, I've really, and he was encouraging me to do the same. It's like, stop reading all these articles that are online. Stop watching all these videos that are online what am i more specifically what i'm referring to is like all the political crap all the divisional crap that we always hear about every day you know you and i are pretty firm in our beliefs right we we know what we believe we stand for what we believe in we're unapologetic about those things however if we voice those opinions online you get trashed for it right it's like you know what sometimes just like the bible talks about don't argue with a fool you know, and it's not to say that, well, I don't want to be silent and, you know, not, you know, not stand up for what I believe. That's not, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm you still stand up for what you believe in, but why waste your energy on people that have no desire 
in changing the way they think, have no desire in listening to a difference of opinion, have no desire in being open to a difference of opinion. There's a book that I read uh, called, oh gosh, what was the name of the book? Uh, I think it was called, Bre- yeah, that's the one, uh, Breaking the Cycle. It's by Dr. James Richards. One of the things it talks about, there was a study that was done. I don't remember the page or what it was on or what chapter it was in, but there's a study that was done. These guys were out to prove or either prove or disprove the existence of God, right? And they went out there, and I think the book is called Show Me God, if I'm not mistaken. And anyways, uh, the book that they wrote in, in like sharing their information, I should say. Anyways, uh, one of the things that they did they after- a book about guys writing a book. I'm sorry? They wrote a book about guys writing a book? No, no. <laughs> it's like no, it, it, under. <laughs> no, no, no. This, uh, this book was uh, the book that I was reading, Breaking the Cycle. What this chapter was talking about being open to the possibilities, right? And okay. then it gave an example of this book, of this book written by these two guys. Okay. And so the, what these guys were out to prove was whether God was real or God was not real. But the one thing that they, that they started from, that they led with when it came to their, their um, was it um, exploration into the details and, you know, into the facts and figure out if, what, if whether or not they believe he was real or not was the first thing they led with, or the first and foremost thing they led with, I should say, was the possibility of either outcome, right? The possibility that there could be a God or there could not be a God. The fact that the fact of the matter is in today's day and age, most people are not open to anything that is contradictory to what is in their mind already. For instance, if these guys that I just mentioned that are out to prove, disprove or disprove the existence of God, if they had gone to it with the inclination already, well, God's not real. They're going to already look for things to confirm that. What we call that confirmation bias, right? Exactly. But <laughs> what the thing is that they talked about in that in that read you know, that breaking the cycle talked about in their study was like hey they were open to the to the possibility of whatever like hey if god's real cool if god's not real cool right they came to the conclusion ultimately that god is real because he is but the thing the thing of it is it's like we have so many people that are, have programmed themselves to think a certain way that are unwilling to have anything that's contradictory to what they believe be anything that can change them right but and that's such so so damaging and so destructive because it's like we grow through diversity of thought right we grow through differences of opinions right i might think for instance that the marathon is supposed to be ran this way right i'm supposed to go as hard as i can every training session i'm supposed to have no recovery days i'm supposed to have this and that or whatever and i get people around me that think the same way right if someone comes around and says, actually, no, you need to have speed days. You need to have long runs. You actually need to have recovery days as well. You need to make sure you're doing this and that. And the other thing, if I don't even, if I'm not even open to the possibility of me being wrong or better yet, I'm not even open to the possibility of learning something new that could challenge me and help me grow. I'm not even going to bother listening to this other person. Why? Because my mind's already made up, you know, and that's so destructive because I feel like that's where we are in this country and in, in this society right now, unfortunately is where people are so made up in their minds. No one wants to be wrong, bro. I literally actually recorded a podcast uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Yes. It's a short podcast, about 20 minutes. And it was talking, what it talks about is the joy of past failures, right? What I mean by that, the joy of past failures. 
I, I was thinking about this yesterday and I was, I, I think I was just reflecting on like, like how far I've come in my life, you know, my walk with Christ, um, how I, you know, how I, um, go about my, you know, my daily life, my habits, um, how I see myself and like my business and my physical fitness and all this kind of stuff. And I, I was laughing, thinking about like, man, dude, you've come so far. And I laughed, like thinking about like, gosh, do you remember when you used to have such a struggle in this area? Remember when this used to be such a big hurdle that you couldn't overcome? Remember when, gosh, remember that huge mistake that you made that one time? And I was laughing about them. I was joyful about them. Why? Because I realized that those past failures have led me to where I am today. Right. right. And that, and I, I said a quote in there that I actually was actually kind of impressed with myself, but it said, uh, what did it say? What did I say? I should say, um, I said the, how we go through the failures of the past determines our future success is what, is what I said. And like, what, what I, what that means is whatever we go through, whatever we experience in our past is going to determine how how we either get to eventually or never get to the successes that we want in the future, right? For instance, if you're going through something hard, maybe it's a relationship that you're going through and like you are in marriage, right? And you want to, you know, there's a really big argument that you always have, you always have. So instead of working through it, you quit, you, you, you give up, you throw in the towel, you, you know, talk down to them and then y'all get divorced or whatever have you. You don't allow yourself to go through the hard times and be like, Hey, you know what? Hey, I love you. I'm confident you love me. What's what's going on here? Let's make this work and let's work this out. And then later down the road, you can then look back after your relationship has gotten stronger and be like, dude, remember how we used to like, you know, bicker at each other over super stuff like this and look how much stronger we've gotten. Seriously, I can tell you that my wife and I do that. Exactly. And what's just we learned. Exactly. I, I am not a a win or lose person. I'm a win and learn. Yep. It's one or the other. Because if you yep. have a losing mindset, then you're just down. Yep. If you're if you take the that L as a learn instead of a lose, it changes your perspective. Exactly. Exactly. And what's cool about that is you then have the joy that comes from the ability to look back on where you used to be and be happy about the fact that you've grown so much. I mean, you might not be where you want to be just yet. You might not have achieved what you want to accomplish just yet, but you can look back on the growth and I get it. Not all failures are going to be, are going to be so great. They're going to look back and laugh on, right? There's going to be, there's going to be failures that you can look at as losses. And in other words of like loss of relationship, loss of actual family member or things like that. But you might not know the lesson that came from it immediately. It might be, you know, several months down the road, several years down the road, 10 years down the road. Eventually though, there will be something that you can garner from it, Right. Even if that thing, like for instance, there was a friend of mine, they lost their four, I think she was six, actually, six-year-old daughter to a uh, an inoperable brain cancer, right? And granted, in that situation, nothing good was in that, right? There's nothing good about a six-year-old girl dying. Yeah. But the fact that they were able to start a charity in her name to honor her and bring you know honor to her, remember her that's a great thing that comes from that. Right. So if you, there's always something good in every situation, if you're willing to look for it, being open to the possibility of it. And there's always good that can come out of your life. If you're willing to reprogram yourself to become and identify with the kind of person that does that, just like the 75 hard program that you and I are doing right now. Like I don't really have any inclinations towards 
eating ice cream or eating junk food or anything like that. My body is, dude, I've been literally, I was telling a friend of mine this recently, like I'm in the best shape of my entire life right now. I like, I, I run 60 miles a week. I, every, my diet every day is usually like a, like I wake up, I have my greens, I have my reds, I have um, juice plus, I have my chondroitin and glucosamine and uh, turmeric supplements. Take all that. I have water. I take my BCAs, uh, Quest protein bar, banana for my pre-workout. After my workout, I have more BCAs. I have carrots and broccoli with some super healthy, organic, great ingredient ranch. Very little of that. Some hard-boiled eggs with a whole avocado with some Himalayan salts and some Slappy Mama seasoning as well. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then uh, for dinner sometimes, uh, for dinner later on, or for snacking, I'll have like almonds and raisins, um, a gallon of water every day, of course, for 75 hard. And then um, later that night, I'll either have, um, well, I'll have my po my post-workout smoothie later on when I get home that night, which has banana, wild blueberries, ground espresso, peanut butter powder, um, whey protein powder. And then after that, I'll usually have either a, a California pizza kitchen margarita pizza, or I'll have a uh, red lentil pasta, pina pasta with uh, ground chicken, right? Or ground turkey. And like, that's majority of the time what I eat all the time. And then I work out twice. It's like, I'm in the best shape of my life. And I'm so, but like, anyways, I say that to say, I have programmed my mind to identify with the kind of person who lives that way. Like, I don't want to go back to where I used to be. I look, I look at the foods I used to eat and like these Doritos, you know, which by the way, pro tip, Doritos, um, oh gosh, uh, lim, hot, hot lemon or spicy lemon, whatever they're called are super good. Yeah. Limon. That's what it, yeah. They're super good. Um, flame and limon. That's what it is. Yeah. They're super good, but they're terrible for you, but they're really, they're really tasty. But like, I don't even have the inclination to buy those anymore. Cause I'm like, I don't want to go back to where I used to be. I want to keep, that's like you talked about. I want to chase the person that I had the potential of becoming, you know, yep. and whenever you realize, whenever you start, you know, programming yourself to think that way, you don't have any desire. The more you do it, the less desire you have to go back to where you used to be. You know, and as a result of that, I'm sure you found this to be true in your life too. As a result of that, I've changed in the way you think. And the, the, of course, the books that you're reading as well during Sunday Life Hard and just like the more growth that you experience, <laughs> you really start to not really want to hang around hardly anyone because it's like there's a reason why the 99% are called the 99%, right? There's a reason why the 1% are called the 1%. That's not just in regards to finances. It's in regards to like fitness. It's in regards to mindset. It's in regards to the standards you hold for yourself. That's not to be cold or it's not to be rude to anyone else. It's just like, I, you end up becoming just like David Goggins says, I'm not crazy. I'm just not like you, you know, but I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with not having a whole, like, I know so many people that have like, Oh dude, I'm friends with so many people. I'm like, I don't really care to have that many. Friends, I like you know? coffee, chicken, and like four people. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, but that's, but that's okay. Because provided that you're still moving forward, provided that you're working every day to become the man or woman you're created to be, that's the main thing, you know? Yeah. And it's like, would you rather have raised your standards so high that your life is a tangible representation of what's possible and that you then through your life, hopefully inspire other people to raise their standards and move forward and do great things with their life. Or would you rather be like everyone else, you know? That's, that's and like I said on yours at the, at the end of, of the episode that I was on for your, your show, like if I can be that fire that, that somebody can pull a spark off of and start their own fire, 
from something I've said or done or, yeah. or whatever, then that's, I've, I've met my goal. Yeah. I, my entire goal is to set someone else's fire. And yep. if I can do that, then it's like, that keeps mine burning. So yep. it's a constant thing. And what people don't realize with, you know, programs like 75 hardware, like I can diet, that's no big deal. That has never been an issue for me. Um, it's a, but you're talking about reprogramming. You're literally reprogramming right. your mind and your body to it's a chemical and physical reaction to it because yeah. your synapses, which are what your thoughts and everything travel through in your brain are, are firing faster after they have learned something after they have learned. That's why like when you, when you spend 10 years getting up at six o'clock in the morning, you don't have to set an alarm anymore. <laughs> Dude. It's the yep. same thing. So when it comes to, oh, I, uh, oh, time to work out, oh, time to eat, time, it's, it's natural. It becomes yeah. natural to you. So that's what it is when, when you do programs like that, you're not just, tra- it's not a diet program. It's not a workout program. It's a yeah. life-changing program. Yeah. That, that mental self-discipline literally gets changed in your mind and put in your brain, and it just becomes a natural reaction. You, they always say you never rise to the occasion. You default to the level of your training. If mm. the level of your training is doing that, is getting up every day at 6.15 and eating at this time and training at this time and working out and doing all this stuff, then that is the level of your training. Yep. End of story. 100%. Yep. Mic drop. I, all right. All right, y'all. That was the show. Thank you so much for listening and uh, <laughs> like and subscribe. Uh, but, uh, but no, I agree. I agree. And what's funny, like you mentioned, you know, the getting up at six o'clock for 10 years, or whatever, like I slept in today and like my sleep in time was like five something. Like I got, I got up because I used to get, a, I usually get up because I work at a, in Fort Worth at 6.15 a.m. in the morning. So I have to leave my house. I live a little good, good bit away. So I have to leave at like 5.20 at the latest. And, um, so I get up at three fifty every morning and oh, you're I, up before Jocko. You gotta, you gotta start posting pictures of your watch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but like I get up and I just, I, it's funny cause since, since I've done, been doing that for so long, I get up at, you know, I sleeping in for me is like six o'clock and I'm like, geez, that's I feel like I've wasted the day. If I get up that, if you get up any later than that, you know, so, yeah. I, you know, cause I, I get off work at 1130 and then I'm home at midnight. I'm in bed by. I'm on, I'm at home at like 11:50. I'm in bed by 12:10 or right. so. And uh I mean I'm up at 6:15, sometimes 6:30 if I snooze the alarm, but I mean it's just it's one of those things. I know guys that that get off shift with me and you know they're they're they'll stay awake for two or three more hours just to stay up playing Call of Duty or whatever and they're like they're like man you should you should play with us and I'm like dude I can totally hear the phone ringing it's fine. <laughs> I should have hit mute. Yeah, it's all right. Um you know, they're like, how do you do? Why don't you play video games with us or whatever? And I'm like, I'm like, I got stuff to do. Like, I got, I'm not going to leave, you know, the kids and everything to my wife to take care of because she's got to get to work and the kids got to get dressed and they got to get fed and all this and all that. And it's like, it's like, look, if you love something that you, then you're going to make time for it. You're, you love playing video games. So you're making time for it. I love my family and my kids, not suggesting that they don't, but Right. You got to make time for everything. People always say you got to make time for fitness and everything. Well, you got to make time for your family and for for your marriage and for fatherhood and everything yeah. as well. Make time for everything. Make time for things that are important to you, yeah. and then that will be returned to you. That's just the way it is. Yeah. If you don't prioritize it, like I, there's actually a quote I have hanging on my wall. It says, "You prioritize the things of utmost importance." You know, and just like seventy five part, and we will keep we keep talking about it. But it's such a 
keep talking about it because it's a freaking good program, bro. It'll change your <laughs> life if you want. Shout out to Andy Frazella, seriously. Seriously, dude. Like I like so many people, I know including, you know, both of us, like so many people's lives have been so radically changed because of him. Not just because of his, you know, just because of the challenge, you know, the 75 hard program, but because of the podcast and everything else. So it's like, sure. dude, amazing man. But like that uh oh gosh, what was I about to say? You you mentioned oh, you you prioritize the things about what what all you'll realize is especially if you do 75 hard is the fact that you've been BSing yourself on a lot of things when it comes to giving the excuse of, I don't have time. I'm like, really? You don't have time. Okay. How much time are you spending on Instagram every day? How much time are you spending on YouTube every day? How much time are you spending on Netflix, Hulu, whatever? How much time are you spending just goofing around all the time? Like how much time do you spend watching TV? Like, do not tell me that you don't have time. There are people, dude, there's a single mom. I, I used to, I used to know who was, mother of two young boys, both uh, under the age of 10. She, in the meantime, while having that single mom, two boys under the age of 10, she trained for a full Ironman. She launched and she finished it as well. She launched her own clothing company. She wrote and published her own book. And she was a yoga instructor as well. It's like, do not tell me that you don't have time. And then like we talk about, like we keep talking about Andy, Andy Frisella, CEO of multiple companies, multiple companies under yeah. his wing, coaching all kinds of stuff that he does. Yet, while he, he even talks about this, while he was traveling, he still managed to finish 75 hard as well, which is yeah. for anyone who's listening right now who's not familiar with it. You work out twice a day, 45 minutes a piece. One workout has to be outside. You read 10 pages of a nonfiction self, you know, self-help kind of self-motivation book. So we're not talking about, you know, 50 shades of nonsense, right? Where you have to drink a gallon of water a day. You stick to a diet plan. You take a progress picture and there you go. It's five things you do every day. And he did that while traveling and while running all these things. So it's like, do not tell me that it can't be done. And then on top of that, there's so many thousands of people who have done the program as well, who are moms, who are business owners, who are parents, who have so many things going on. It's like, don't, don't give me your crap, dude. What's funny. It's like, uh, whenever he did, Andy did a, a, uh, what is it? I'm sure you sure you probably can relate to this too what's funny is like and he did a uh, a podcast with this gentleman by the name of omar i forget what his last name is but he uh, was a former uh social media head at uh k-swiss oh yeah i listened to that episode yeah yeah, yeah. so one of the things he mentioned though and i can definitely relate to i'm sure you can as well it's like whenever you're going through this program and it's a you're you're changing your mindset you're changing the way you think and the way you do things you realize number one how much of a you know, wuss you've been before, but not only that, you also realize, gosh, dude, so many people give so many excuses for everything. And it makes you realize it's like, wow, this is why so many people are average. This is why so many people just accept mediocrity. And like, what's funny is there's a quote that I've become more and more familiar with. And like, I tend to just relate to and understand the more that I have intentionally grown. I'm not where I want to be yet in any area of my life, but I'm working on becoming that. There's a quote by Napoleon Hill from a book called think and grow rich. And the quote says, no more effort is required to aim high in life, to demand abundance and prosperity than is required to accept misery and poverty. And whenever you do things like 75 hard, you realize that that is actually a valid point because each of them is a program, right? It takes effort 
to go out there and make business calls, send emails, show up in front of businesses, make the call, whatever, fail. It, it takes effort to do those things. Right. It takes effort as well to sit on your ass all day, to watch Instagram, to watch YouTube. It's the same kind of energy that you're given to each of these things. It's just a matter of applying it differently. Yep. You know. But once you program yourself to identify with someone who is the kind of person that does these things on a regular basis, it becomes a second nature. Like we talked about getting up at six o'clock in the morning, dude, I wake up just like you said, without an alarm level of your training. You got it. Exactly. You, you just end up doing it because it's just who you are. Yeah. You know? And that it just, it, it's, it's very simple, but it's like, it sounds hard looking from the outside in, but then you realize it's like, once you start doing it for so long, it becomes second nature. And then you're in that, you know, that rhythm all the time. It's just, it just, it just becomes who you are and you don't have to think about it anymore. You still have to, you know, still have to, you know, make sure you're staying on top of things and you're not, you're allowing your, you're not allowing your focus to go to certain areas that will lead you down a positive, a negative path to drifting and such. But gosh, dude, you reprogram yourself. You're going to have a such more of a fulfilling life as well, you know, but it's, it's a matter of having the discipline to start, stay consistent until you reprogram yourself and then you move forward from there. I think that's why a lot of people will, fall into depression and things yeah. like that because they all they do is sit and read the the negative things on Facebook or or this and that and it's like they spend so much time they dedicate so much time to quote unquote being kept in the loop of what's going on when in reality they're not being kept in the loop they're pushing themselves out of their own loop dude there's a book i'm reading right now called um outwitting the devil i think i've sent it to you a couple of times already i'm yeah. like bro get this book yeah. and uh one of the things like, that dude talks- i'm trying to read here at least. yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> you've been reading the david goggins book for like two months i feel like no no it hasn't been that long i'm almost uh, well good we're good anyways um this book is called outwitting the devil it's by napoleon hill one of the things it talks about now the book basically is a um is a conversation whether you want to believe it or not it's just kind of it, it's, a, it's a great read regardless but it's a conversation that napoleon hill has with the devil and one thing that's fascinating this book was written in 1937 the transcript was written in 1937 but the book wasn't published i i think it was published in 2011 so it didn't come out for a long time what was fascinating about that is because his family his wife in particular was really concerned about the ridicule and the criticism that would come from other people outside of their family because of, you know, from the pastor for the, from pastors and education and everything else that would come against this book because nothing like it had ever been written before. But anyways, it's a great read. I highly encourage anyone to get it. Uh, but one of the things that's fascinating about it, it talks about how the, the devil talks about how he's able to get control of people who are not willing to think for themselves, who are influenced by whatever they don't think for themselves and they, they don't allow free thinking and such. And what that's just interesting. It's one of the things he talks about and he talks about how drifting is basically just procrastination. You put off, let me see, I actually think I have, I have the book right here. So I was, I figured I was going to reference it. Um, but like, uh, there it is. It says laziness plus indifference equals procrastination, which equals drifting. And it just goes on to talk about it. Anyways, this is a, this is a great book, but like that laziness plus indifference equals procrastination, which equals drifting and well, a drifter, which I'll give you like giving you an example of what, uh, of what basically a drifter is, uh, what drifter is. There's actually several great examples of it. Um, 
so Napoleon Hill asked the devil, he says, okay, go ahead and describe a typical drifter. Give your description point by point so I can recognize a drifter when I see him. And the devil says, the first thing you will notice about a drifter is his total lack of a major purpose in life. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. And so anyways, but it goes on, it says, <laughs> that is so true. It says he will be conspicuous by his lack of self-confidence. He will never accomplish anything requiring thoughts and effort. He spends all he earns and more too, if he can get credit. He will be sick or ailing from some real or imaginary cause and calling to high heaven if he suffers the least physical pain. He will have little or no imagination. He will lack enthusiasm and initiative to begin anything he is not forced to undertake. He will plainly and will he will plainly express his weakness by taking the line of least resistance whenever he can do so. Isn't that interesting? Dude, I can literally think of 10 people right now Dude. that that applies to. Dude, yeah. And, and if you are listening, which I know you are, listen. Dude, that's uh, this is why this book also talks about how the devil even says, it says, the select few who, who make a pretense of, of was it? No, Napoleon Hill says, um, oh, never mind. But it, anyways, the devil says, the masses of whom you claim, or not, anyway, sorry, I'm trying to, trying to take a quote and add it. But anyways, it just says that 98% of people are, right? <laughs> this says that 98% of people are drifters is what, is what it gets down to. But it goes on to say, like, his personality will be without magnetism and it will not attract other people. He will have opinions on everything, but accurate knowledge on nothing. Oh. Don't we know that to be true? Man. He will be a jack of all trades, but good at none. He will neglect to cooperate with those around him, even those on whom he must depend for food and shelter. He will make the same mistake over and over again, never profiting by failure. He will be narrow-minded and intolerant on all subjects, ready to crucify those who may disagree with him. Didn't we just talk about that? He will expect everything of others, but he will be willing to give little or nothing in return. He may begin many things, but he will complete nothing. He will be loud in his condemnation of his government, but will never tell you definitely how it can be improved. He will never reach decisions on anything if he can avoid it. And if he is forced to decide, he will reverse himself at the first opportunity. He will eat too much and exercise too little. He will take a drink of liquor if someone else will pay for it. He will gamble if he can do it on the cuff. He will criticize others who are succeeding in their chosen calling. In brief, the drifter will work harder to get out of thinking than those than most others work in earning a good living. He will tell a lie rather than admit his ignorance on any subject. Oh, dude, that's the killer right there. Uh-huh. And he says, cow. if he works for others, he will criticize them to their backs and flatter them to their faces. And anyways, it goes on right after that. Napoleon Hill asked the devil, he says, you have given me a graphic description of the drifter. Now, please describe the non-drifter. Oh, sorry. Um, he goes on. So he describes a non-drifter, which we can get into that if you want. But he talks about there was a way. There we go. He says, is the non-drifter born with some mental, you know, physical or spiritual advantage not available to the drifter? He says, no, the major difference between the drifter and the non-drifter is something equally available to both. It is simply the prerogative the simply the prerogative right of each of each to use his own mind and to think for himself. People I don't think for themselves are drifters. Free will, dude. Man. Free will. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, exactly. That's actually what I wrote in the margin on another another part. But it's uh, it's very fascinating. Like, 
I'm telling you, this book is excellent, but it just, that's just another, just a great point of, of, of how it's like, once you start reading this book and you're doing 75, it just, it makes it more, it just honestly, dude, it just makes it, it makes you realize like, there's a reason why most people are like most people. There's a reason why some people succeed and majority don't. Have you ever uh, looked into Enneagrams? I haven't. No, I, 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 a bunch of people I know are, are, are on it, but I haven't. Dude, no. I, my, my, my wife did it for work that, you know, all the girls got together and, you know, they all did their Enneagrams and they were talking about it. <laughs> and, and Hannah was like, she's like, you got to do it. You got to do it and figure it out. And I'm like, yeah. all right, fine, whatever. I'll take the little test. And I'm a type eight. Um, and it says of all the Enneagram types, eights stand out for their decisiveness, strength, take charge, nature, and confident reliance upon themselves. They hey. often find they often have strong leadership skills, influence, and the ability to empower others and make a strong impact on the world. When their values for truth and justice are combined with their intelligence, courage, and stamina to protect and defend others, they reflect the power and protection of God. And mm. it was like, it's really creepy when you do these things because you do it and you're like, how does it know so much about me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is this an nsa program that's actually just secretly spying because it's right. it really deep you can get into like and i won't sit here and read it all but it's like i encourage you to check it out it's it's really it's uh i don't know the website here i might eventually I, I i have a friend of mine she's really big into like all that kind of stuff like the enneagram the myers-briggs and all that it's, kind of stuff it's wild like you'll you'll get freaked out because because you don't expect it to be as accurate as it is hmm. and it's like like I said, it's literally like you're reading about something you wrote about yourself, but you're not willing to admit it. You know, mm-hmm. nobody nobody really wants to admit what their strengths are. It's, right. it, I feel like, and the reason for that is I think people are afraid to show confidence because it is often misconstrued as arrogance. And you know, there's there's a difference. You know, we we, we have to show confidence, but just slightly you know you're not allowed to to be so into what you're doing and so confident about it that it's that it comes off as brash or brazen or whatever because people take offense to that you know toxic toxic masculinity and all that um you know we're we're not allowed to be and to to be honest why not yeah i I say forget that bro like that that's my thing like why can't you it's not brad <laughs> my best friend growing up and he's, he still is now adam love you brother um he always used to say it ain't bragging if you can do it right and it's like as i got older i was like that's pretty accurate like yeah. as simple as that was i remember him saying that in like fifth grade it ain't bragging if you can do it and i'm like dude that's like <sighs> blow, yeah. you know, mind blown like it's not. It's just because you're show, you're showing a skill or 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 whatever. It's it's not bragging. You're just doing it. You're just showing its proof. Two things. Number one, uh, the toxic masculinity thing that you touched on. Men who are listening to this right now, there is nothing wrong with being a guy who stands up for other people, who encourages people, who says the right thing when the right thing needs to be said. There is nothing wrong with treating women appropriately, with respect, with honor, with dignity, and for that matter, anyone else you come in contact with. There's nothing wrong with being a godly man. There's nothing wrong with doing the things that need to be said, stepping up, standing up for those people who can't stand up for themselves. There's nothing wrong with protecting people like that. There was yesterday, this is a, just a kind of a small example, but it's an example nonetheless. 
there was a car. So where I work in Fort Worth, there's a parking lot across the street that's not supposed to be parked in, but people parked in it, in it every now and then. It's actually, it says, you know, no trespassing, cars will be towed, whatever. There was a car that parked right in front of that opening. Basically, you know, it's not technically a parking spot, but there's a car that parked right in front of it. And there was like another car that was in that parking lot. So in other words, this car was blocking the other car, right? Yeah. And so I didn't even know this was going on, but this lady walks in our studio and she says, Hey, is anyone driving this, you know, RAV4 that's out there? And I was like, no, it's not mine. It's no one that's in the studio apparently is either. And this girl couldn't get out. And so I walk out there, not even thinking about it. I walk out there. I'm like, well, it looks like there might be enough room between this bush and that car to get out. But it was, you know, but I know there was like a, um, how, what are those things? Basically, they're in parking lots or like the cement blocks that are like, uh, you know what I'm talking about? They're like basically are on the ground that like keep thing, keep cars from rolling forward. I forget what they're called. Like a parking stall curb. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. So anyways, there was one of those that was sitting there, but you could move it. And so I, I, this girl was driving a really small car. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get this block. I don't know the woman, but it didn't matter. I, was, I just went out there. Pull up my sleeves. Dude, this thing was freaking heavy, bro. It had to have been at least 100 pounds, if not more. And I'm pretty sure it was more. But I deadlifted it, got it, pressed it over. And then she tried to get her car out. It you know, had to be moved over a little bit more. So I moved it over a little bit more. And she was able to get out. And it was fine. But like... I. If she got offended at that for me being chivalrous, for me be just being a good guy and going out there and do it, that's on her. Y'all, yeah. don't ever it if you if you're a good freaking dude, right? You are, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, but if you are a good guy, you respect people, you you work hard on yourself, you work hard at providing for your family or for yourself, you work hard at being a contributing member to society. There is nothing wrong with doing the right thing every freaking time, bro. Like, stop being intimidated by these insecure people who are trying to make you feel bad about being a man. Stand up and be a freaking man. Do the things we need to do. There's a reason why our society is the way we is is the way it is currently because we don't have enough men doing the right thing. We have we have all these men who are buying into this bs narrative that there's toxic masculinity now are there bad dudes who do bad things yes unfortunately there's a bunch of assholes out there who make who make a lot of us good guys look bad but there's also plenty of good dudes who are not acknowledged whenever they do great things I'm not saying we need acknowledgement i call, I call the assholes peacocks exactly they stand yeah. out from the crowd they, they stand out they put the feathers out and they're like here i am yeah, exactly <laughs> so that's those are the peacocks, bro. Exactly. But dude, it's like, you've got to do the right thing when it's the right thing all the time. Like a friend of mine was at Costco. This is during whenever the quarantine, we just started lockdowns were starting and whatnot was last year. And he was at Costco and there was this, uh, this, this is so, uh, I feel like in putting the same situation, I would have done the same thing. And I'm confident you would as well. But like the reason, the reason the, the fact that there wasn't more people doing this was alarming to me, but it's just kind of gone to the point as well. It's like, why aren't, why aren't the men standing up? But anyways, what happened was, you know, of course the toilet paper is flying off the shelves, right? I don't, I still don't have no idea why that was a thing. I really, but, <laughs> but anyways, um, there was a, uh, he, Craig, Craig is my buddy and he was going down the, the aisle with his wife. And there was this old lady that had grabbed like the last bottle of like avocado oil or olive oil or whatever it was, grabbed it off the shelf, put it in her cart. Well, then this one guy comes around, um, and he literally grabs the bottle from this old woman. This man grabs it from this old woman, proceeds to try to take it from her. The woman grabs into the bottle herself. He literally shoves her. And shoves her down. I'm, I'm not sure if he pushed her down, but shoved her into like the into the aisle of the store. 
and proceeds to walk away. Now, as he does that, my friend takes both of his hands, interlocks them, wham, slams the guy. The guy falls down on the ground and, you know, and then drops the bottle and proceeds to run off. Now, why was in that now during this time as well, apparently a bunch of people saw it and people started clapping and hooray, but like not one person in that group, except my buddy even reacted. There were other men that were around that didn't bat an effing eye. No, they why the hell, why them. the hell is that, bro? It's like, why is that? It's like, it, so, do so the right thing. Telling me is that violence was met with violence and the violence stopped. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, it's like, it, it's like, dude, and, and I'm not saying that violence is always the answer, but bro, in that sense, it's like, there's a guy who was bullying an old lady, which is never right, regardless, even if, if it, I mean, hey, but like, old lady or not, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He was just being a, a jackass of a guy, a drifter, like we're talking about before, most likely as well. But like, did that, my friend stood up for him and every other guy applauded. I'm like, why weren't y'all taking the initiative on the first end? Just like, they were for instance, too busy trying to get their Facebook streams going, bro. They got to right? film it. That's dude. I never understand whenever I see those kind of videos and I, I, I see those kind of videos and I'm like, why is no one, why are no men walking up and actually doing anything about this? Like for instance, there's a video no, I saw no, recently. I'll, I'll tell you what, I had an incident yesterday. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Barbells and Badges. If you are tired of wearing the same clothes over and over again to the gym, look no further than Barbells and Badges. They have excellent designs for t-shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, headbands, hats, you name it, they've got it. Check them out now at www.barbellsandbadges.com. Use code CAMPBELL. It'll save you a little bit of money on your checkout. And I'll tell you what, if you want to support law enforcement, fire, military, this is the company to go through. Barbells and badges. We train for our lives. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Surly Sam's Tattoo Care. Surly Sam's is made with raw, unrefined, grade A shea butter, naturally rich in vitamins A, E, and F. Basically, a whole bunch of awesome science stuff that'll keep your tattoos looking awesome. For when you get a new tattoo that needs some healing or your old ink that needs some love. Check out SurlySams.com and use code CAFFEINE for free shipping. The views and opinions expressed on Caffeine and Sarcasm are that of the host and guests alone and are not to be associated with any law enforcement agency or any other entity. Caffeine and Sarcasm could be considered explicit, so listener discretion is advised. All right, everybody, the commercials are done. Now back to the show. This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. I was proud of half of the crowd. Um, I rolled up on a four-car rollover crash. Pretty bad-looking crash. One, one vehicle was rolled over, and, and I rolled up, and there were a couple of guys trying to break out the windshield. And so I go running up there. I'm like, there's still, still somebody in there. You know, so we look in there. Yeah. So I get my gloves on and there's a dude standing back with a sledgehammer. And I looked at him. I was like, give me that. Then he's like, okay. <laughs> so I took the sledgehammer. <laughs> Sometimes we get to do cool shit at work, you know? Hey, So I'm like, I'm like, all right. So I start swinging on this, this, uh, windshield and I'm not, I, I hate telling these stories just cause I'm, I, I don't 
<clears throat> excuse me. I don't like to do the whole, look, I'm a hero for this or whatever, but it's just, it's just I, an I, example of doing the right thing. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm using it as an example here. Yeah. So I, you know, I took out the rest of the windshield and, and we got it open and we got inside. Everything's fine. But the fact that I was being assisted by two or three guys, which was awesome, two random strangers, they stopped and, and were helping and everything. And then I come out of the van after I've checked on this dude and we got medics there and everything. And there's 16 people standing there with their cell phones. I'm looking wow. at 16 different phones and I'm like this and a bunch of them were guys. And I'm like, this is what we've, what we've come to. Yeah. You, you are trying to catch the carnage that is inside that vehicle and go viral. You were trying to put that out for everybody to see. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And there wasn't even any, the guy was fine. Like he uh, maybe internal injuries. I, I don't really know. It's it. I'm not a doctor and he, he, you know, got taken by the medics, whatever. But the fact that more people were standing there filming it than helping is where we are in society. Yeah, no. And yeah, and it's, it's so sad, but it, what I've kind of realized too, and, and like recently, I should say in like the past several like months, I've just been past several months, I should say past several weeks, I should say, I'm realizing more and more that I can no longer give energy to people that have no desire to change. And personally, right. Oh, as far as like one-on-one -on -one and such on the back, right. <laughs> I can no longer. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but what I, what I mean by that is I'm not saying that I completely stop putting out a positive message. I am not saying that if someone were to come to me who was honest and was legitimately wanting help, right that I would turn their back. I'm not saying that I will no longer put out this kind of concept. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there's a difference between trying to help people that have no desire to be helped, that have no desire to be fixed, that have no intent of actually listening to what you have to say versus people who actually come to you wanting to change, wanting to make a difference and wanting to do great things for their life. Now, it doesn't stop me from chasing my potential. It doesn't stop me from being empowered to, you know, to go out there and do great things. But I'm no longer going to give my energy to people that have no desire in changing. Like there's people that I, I think of that I know of that are that I used to consider friends of mine that I realize I'm like, why am I friends with these people? There's yep. nothing in their life that I this is a dude. Their ankle weights. People, their ankle weights. It, exactly. But like if some people might know, oh, you're just being judgmental. You're just being cold. No, I'm not. No, I, I'm really not. Seriously. What I'm doing is I'm thinking about myself and I'm thinking about, okay, if I'm trying to advance my life and I stop advancing my life because I need to stop to pull someone else up. Well, what that does is it doesn't empower them because if they don't have any desire to change, if they're just looking for affirmation and for confirmation of what they're doing by me stopping to try to help them, it doesn't empower them. It doesn't make them better. And it doesn't lift them up. It doesn't help them if if you're there's nothing wrong with reaching back and helping no, others. I no, love of course that. not. If you, if you are ahead, reach back and grab the next person behind you. But if that person keeps letting go, let them go. Exactly. Let them fall. Exactly. It's their choice. You are not going to sacrifice all the hard work that you have done, sacrifice all the footholds that you have gained just for someone else to let go of your hand. It's not exactly. up to your grip strength. It's about both grip strengths. I agree. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at. Right? <laughs> but that, but dude, that's what I've been learning in the past several weeks. It's like, and I, and I would spend so much energy on this. I'm like, dude, can no one see this is a problem? Can no one see they're going down the wrong path? And like, I know, and here's the thing. It's like, I had had the thought to say certain things to certain people that I know is, is legitimately good information that would help them. 
But I also know in the same sense, it's like, what have, what have their actions been up until this point? You've already, I've already had that hand extended out trying to pull them forward, yeah. right? I've already had that. But what have their actions been since that first time? It's been nothing but more of the same BS over and over again. They make excuses. They don't take initiative. There's no drive to actually want to change. And so at one point, you've got to realize it's like, dude, you can't, you cannot fix people. There has got to be a desire on the part of the person who is weaker, trying to be built up. Just like, oh gosh, there's a part, it's in my other room, but there's a part in James oh, Allen's book, As a Man Thinketh. What's that? You can't help the helpless. Exactly. But there's a part in the, in the James Allen's book, As a Man Thinketh. It says, even the weaker man can make himself strong by, pa by patience and by consistently focusing on building up his strength. The stronger man can help the weaker man do that. But, but there has got to be the desire and the persistence and the initiative on part of the weaker man to make himself strong as well, right? We can't help, just like you said, we can't help to help us. You've got to, people have got to take the initiative. So y'all, if you are trying to make something out of your life, which if you're listening to this podcast, or listen to my podcast, I'm confident you are. If you're trying to make something out of your life, if you're trying to accomplish and do things to live a life worth remembering, knowing the world was made better because you were here, You've got to come to a point where, yeah, you put out a positive message. Yeah, you're nice people. Yeah, you're, you give advice if people ask for it. But you've got to realize people can't, you can't change people. They've got to want it for themselves. And honestly, it sucks, dude. It sucks so bad because you want to see, it's not because you don't care about people. Generally, probably a lot of people, like people like what I'm talking about, people identify what Logan and I are saying right now. We probably care a lot more than most people do. But the thing is, <sighs> it doesn't help people by trying to just lift them up over and over again and taking energy away from ourselves because we can't give to these people over and over again without them giving. We're going to end up regressing ourselves. We're going to end up losing the drive towards our potential and then stifling our own potential, trying to bring up these people that have no desire to change. You've got to make yourself a priority. If, if the way you live your life is inspiring, is uplifting, hopefully the Holy Spirit works on them and gives them the initiative to do it. But if not, that's unfortunately it's on them, you know, and that sucks, dude, because be lifeline. That's yeah. What you understand what I mean by lifeline with a helicopter? Yeah. That's what people want. Yeah. They want their assistance, their help to literally be someone that flies in, puts them on a bed, straps them onto it and lifts them up to wherever they need to go for the help. That's yeah. what they want. They don't want to have to put in the work themselves yeah. along with the person that is helping them work. They want it handed to them, man. And I can think of several people that, you know, I talk to lots of people on Instagram. I get messages all the time from, from different people. And, and I can, I know that you are listening. I can think of several situations where it's been, you're struggling and, and I offer help. I offer assistance. I offer uh, the, you know, the encouragement to, Hey, you, you know, you got to get motivated and, and, you know, and then, then you get the questions. How do you stay motivated? I just do because I want to, I want new things. I want to change. I want to do this. You have to be motivated. And then the answer is, no, I'm, I can never motivate myself. Well, you can't look to others to do it. You can't rely on others to motivate you. Yes, there are book series and CDs. And, you know, for those of you that remember CDs, uh, there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff that is literally geared towards motivation. It's called motivational stuff, but you can't rely on that to start your engine. You have to be starting that engine and putting your foot on the gas. Yep. You have to do that yourself. The other things are, are helping, they're fuel, but you have to step on the gas. 
Otherwise, you're not going to go anywhere. You're you're holding your foot on the brake. Yep. Dude, I, I was literally, I agree. I, what, I was literally just saying this with my best friend last night during that conversation I mentioned a second ago. There's no shortage of resources in today's day and age. There's literally only a shortage of resourcefulness. There's only a shortage of people taking initiative. And that's another thing why I decided I'm like, I'm no longer going to give out just help to, I'm no, I'm no longer going to try to give out help to just everybody. You know, I'm no longer going to get, you know, because here's the thing in today's day and age, everyone is so offended at everything. So why would I bother? Why would I bother trying to give? They just want things. They don't want to give. And, and that's the thing. It's like, why would I bother trying to give you some advice if you're just going to be offended at me? So in other words, I'm just going to keep putting out podcasts, putting out content on my Instagram, putting out stuff, living by example, chasing my potential, feeding families in America through qualified apparel, doing great things like that, focusing on myself, becoming the man God created me to be. Now, if something I say prompts you to be inspired, to chase, to, to make the change, awesome. But don't ever say that you never had the information. Bullcrap, dude. If there, Whatever you want to do, if you want to learn how to build an engine, if you want to learn how to have a great relationship, if you want to learn how to have a great spiritual walk, a great body, a great finances, great whatever. There, Dude, you can There's freaking Google it. For it. <laughs> There's a YouTube channel for it. There's Google. Right there. Bro, it's like there's no reason why you don't have your life together other than the fact that you haven't done the work. You know, I was literally just talking about this in, the, in that podcast. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, I did recently episode 107 or something like that. It was called We Don't Accept Participation Trophies. Yeah. And one of the things I talked about in that is I know. I haven't listened to that episode. Ryan, dry, Ryan's driving down the highway just talking to, to his <laughs> You can hear the. <sighs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, that's why yesterday when I recorded that solo episode, I made a point of not driving and just like sitting there. <laughs> sitting, sitting sound. Um, but one of the things I said, it's like, dude, if I get down the road and I don't have, you know, my qualified apparel isn't where I want to be. My physical fitness isn't where I want to be. X, Y, or Z isn't how I want it to be. I know that it wasn't because of the society. It wasn't because of the government. It wasn't because of my environment. It wasn't because of any other outside force or inside force. More so, it was only inside force, I should say. It wasn't because of anything else other than the work that I did or did not do. You know, I have only myself to blame. It's like, y'all, you need to take personal responsibility for your life. You're responsible for it. You know, it looks like you, you look, it looks like you talked about a minute ago. Like motive, people like, motive, well, I can't motivate myself. Like, bro, you've got to find some way to get yourself started. It might not be a sexy start. It might not be exactly what you want it to be, but bro, just freaking start. And yeah. great thing happens whenever you start, you end up getting momentum and then you continue growing and improving. But I literally like you, shared this this morning. It, my, my life lessons post, small steps oh, really? add up to big strides eventually. Everyone always wants to come out of the gate running. Learn to walk first. Take the small steps towards a goal, and eventually you will be sprinting, especially exactly. if there's a bear behind you. Then you'll oh, yeah, faster. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That one of the ones you sent me as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true though, bro. It's like you got to take that first step, but I, most people are afraid to take that first step because of criticism, because oh. of judgment from others. It literally boils down to fear. And what literally, that's another thing this book talks about, that winning the devil is like fear is the, actually, hold up, that said it right there. It says fear, uh, like the, wait, there we go. It says, what is keeping such a thinker from appearing in the world? Fear of criticism. 
And uh, y'all, it, it says, it goes on to say, it says, it may interest you to know that the fear of criticism is the only effective weapon I have which to, which to whip you. If you were not afraid to publish this confession after you ring, me, ring it from me, it would lose my earthly kingdom. So what it was talking about is after Napoleon Hill gets done with this book, you know, if he did, if the fear of not publishing it would be the only reason why he didn't get it out. But like fear is a tool of a man-made devil, y'all. The, the fears that you have in your head, doubts and fears are known to cripple you more and more. That's going to be the, the title of this episode. Fear is a tool of a man-made devil. That's epic. But it's true though, dude. It's like there, like doubts and fears are the things that cripple us every time. There's actually a quote from James Allen's. It's funny how James Allen's book, As a Man Thinketh, and the uh, this book, Outwitting the Devil, have they interlap um, really well together. But one of the things from James Allen's book, I'm pretty sure there it is. It says, "Doubt and fear are the great enemies of knowledge, and he who encourages them, who does not slay them, thwarts himself." at every step. Yeah. But, but think about it, the things in your life, dude, like for those listening right now, what has stopped you from achieving the great things in your life? Maybe it's like your relationship. Well, my marriage isn't working out the way it is. Okay. Have you communicated? Have what? Have you done the communication? Have you made them a priority? Is it the fear of what might happen if you say something to them that has stopped you? What about your business, right? What about if your business isn't where, where it is? Is it the fear of rejection that has stopped you from getting? Is it the fear of criticism? What other people might say if you make it? What other people might say if you don't make it, right? What about your body? Is it the fear of what you'll look like if you go into the gym and you're 200 pounds overweight? Is it the fear of people calling you names? Is it the fear of the judgment? Think about it. Generally speaking, it is yes. That is 100% yes. Doubts and fears are the things that keep us from achieving our potential every single time, which is why the Bible is so explicit, why Jesus says it over and over and over again. Fear not. Fear not, fear not. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. There's a reason why it is so adamant about that because dude, fear is a crippler. Even, even like, for instance, churches do a really, this actually, this book talks about this too. Churches do such a terrible job. This is what, dude, I'm not burnt out on God by any means. I'm burnt out on the church a lot of times. Now, granted, granted, the church that I go to is really good, uh, but there's so many churches though that... <laughs> The, the 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 they keep people bound they they cheat they preach on fear they, anyway so the, but the people more, more specifically what i'm getting at it's like there's people that claim to be christians but then live such a life that is so contradictory to the word of god that there be, right. there's no difference people can see from a christian and from someone who's not a christian it's like where's the difference yeah. like you're still sleeping with your girlfriend you're still smoking pot you're still doing this and that it's like where's the difference between you and me right so it's not attractive to them christianity is this just a thing that the people go to on Sundays and Christmas and Easter. Right. Trying but like when it's full, bro, what's that? They're trying to save their soul. Right. <laughs> Fire insurance. Right. But like one of the things this book talks about is when it comes to fear, it says, you know, even, even the fear of the devil, even the fear of hell, it's like, we should not have that sort of fear. Any kind of fear isn't healthy. Now you might say, well, what about fear of snakes or fear of heights or whatever? No, there's a difference between fear and respect. I have a respect for sharks. That's why I don't get in the ocean and swim, right? I have a respect for snakes. That's why I don't go into tall grass without any snake boots on or whatever have you. I have a respect for gravity, which is why I don't jump off a building without a parachute, right? So in other words, there's a difference between having a healthy respect for something and having a fear. You yeah. cannot have a fear for anything. 
because that fear will open up the door to the enemy. And more, more specifically as well, it'll also keep you from doing great things with your life. It'll keep you from becoming the man or woman that God made you to be. It'll keep you from achieving whatever dreams or goals that you have because that fear will cripple you. It's a silent killer, you know, and that's like the, this book talks about when it comes to even like preaching on hell, whenever, or preaching on the devil, it's like no pastor should ever preach anything that makes people fearful of hell or fearful of the devil. Because if you read the Bible, we, in the end, we win, right? If you read the Bible, Jesus went to hell and beat the crap out of the devil, right? This guy is not a huge part should not be a huge part in our life because why because we're more than conquerors we're, we're we have power over him because we're made in the image and likeness of god we have power over him but so many people they preach in contradiction to that saying we should be fearful of hell you know fire yeah. brimstone all this kind of stuff you should be fearful of the devil it's like no we shouldn't because we're given power over him so fear is a jailer fear is a crippler you've got to live without the spirit of fear you've got to live it, it without that you've got to work to overcome it you know, and, but, but again, that's a process. It's yeah. a process to do those well, things. What people refuse to do too, is they refuse to learn. Yeah. They refuse to learn how to overcome those issues. Free and, thinking, you know, yep. I, I think about way back when I was in high school, too far away to admit I had it's a, only like what, 10 years ago and over that. Oh, uh, it was 12 years ago. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, I had, a, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you were late to class, um, he would lock the door. Hey, when class started, he'd shut the door and lock it. And if you were late, you had to knock on the door. And he would scream, what do you want? And you would say, I want to learn. And he mm. would respond with, why? And you would respond with, because knowledge is power and power is everything. And it's mm. like, that's accurate. Like, knowledge is power. If you know more than your enemy, if you know more about your enemy, whether it's a physical enemy or, or mental, whatever, you can outwit them with that power. Yeah. That power that you hold over them is everything. There it is right there. My, my drama teacher in high school taught me yeah. a life lesson. I'd add to that as well. Knowledge is potential power as well, right? Yeah. Because we can also know what we should do. Like for instance, I know that if I, if I need to you know, have a great workout, I need to make sure that I am eating the right foods. I am sleeping. I am drinking as much as I need to drink water and electrolytes and all that kind of jazz. But if I fail to do that, well, that knowledge was had the power to change my life, but it only had potential power. So if I don't actually apply it, well, right. just like, what is it? Les Brown says, you know, knowledge is only potential power. If knowledge were actually power, everyone would be skinny, rich, and happy, right? So, yeah. so because of those things aren't true, it's like, yeah, knowledge is power, but you've got to apply it. You know, you've got to apply the things that you hear. And, and without application, it just becomes a bunch of books or useless information in your brain that sits there until applied, you know? Sure. It's amazing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I kind of went on a rant there. Holy cow. That was, no, I like it, man. I like yeah, it. Yeah, dude. I dude, I love it when these just flow like that. Cause you know, sometimes you'll get the, the conversations where they stop and it's like, well, what do we talk about now? But I, I knew this would uh, just flow. I knew hey, I was trying to think of a song reference, but I, nothing was coming to mind. So I was like, all right, well, I got nothing. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with the qualified apparel, you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times and, and I of course I wanted to bring it up. Um, what, I know we talked about this the last time we 
we did an interview oh, with um, your bootleg so, audio that you had yeah with, for those of you that are new listening <laughs> i've had ryan on before and hey, uh, well at back least, at least we interviewed before and um but it turned out that my audio was very broken and and horrible and i didn't know it until afterwards and uh i it was i was unable to to post it so this time we have some good i it's, i haven't checked for a while do i still sound okay to you yeah, you're good I, I remember whenever we were recording i was like hey does this sound good on your end you yeah i was like all right all right i should have been more specific I, because i, I literally, yeah i should have been more specific so that was on me because i literally i could hear it like it was it sounded really weird on my end like it sounded like you were muffled or whatever it was yeah. like an echo but I, I whatever forget. it's okay hey, um thank you, thank you for that yeah you're welcome yeah um, so I wanted to ask you about the qualified apparel. What, what, what is that? What, what started it? How, it, how does it work? For sure. So qualified apparel is the positive impact brand that I started where we feed families in America through selling apparel. And in fact, every one item that we sell provides 20 meals for families in America via our giving to feeding America. So what's awesome is that we give, and so how that works is so feeding America, if you're not familiar with them, they're the leading, um, they're the nation's largest domestic hunger relief organization. They provide to the tune of over 3 billion meals a year for families in America. I think it's actually over 5 billion now because of COVID. Um, but through their series of 200 food banks across the country and the negotiations with places like Whole Foods, Target, Walmart, places like that, and through um, negotiations with farmers, you know, securing ugly produce, they're able to make the dollar go further. So for every dollar that's given to them, they're able to secure up to 10 pounds of food, which apparently from what I've, from what I've gathered, not, from, not apparently, um, from what they've been, what they told me and how it, how it works, one pound of food, you might take out the water is equal. So one pound of food is equal to one meal is, you know, after you take out the water, water weight from that as well. So every dollar given to them secures 10 pounds of food. So in other words, every dollar secure up, secures up to 10 meals, right? So we give $2 from every item that is purchased from us to Feeding America so that every one item purchase provides 20 meals for families in America. And to date, um, we're actually, um, I, I, pretty confident we are. I can't say it definitively, but we are at 109,870 meals the last time I checked yesterday, but I needed to add several more orders. So I'm pretty sure we're over 110,000 meals provided for families in America to date. So That's incredible. Yeah, dude, it's pretty exciting. So it's, uh, thank you. It's it, right. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome, man. It's, it's wild to think about because it's a, uh, it's just been a lot of fun, man. It's, I, I talked about that a little bit. Um, so what is what is the qualified? You 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 know your your podcast is the qualified podcast. The the brand is called the qualified apparel. What is the qualified? So qualified apparel and the name qualified qualified podcast, all that kind of jazz. So it dates back to whenever I first started doing triathlon uh, in 2015, and years before that, I had the desire to uh, to train and to compete in the Ironman World Championship in Kona, Hawaii, right? And for those who are not familiar with that, um, Ironman is, is just a brand of, of triathlon. It's a 140.6 mile race uh, consisting of a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and a 26.2 mile marathon. And what's awesome about it is it's only by qualification only. So to get to that race, you have to qualify for it, right? And so I had the had the goal when I was really young, around eighth grade or so, to qualify, you know, to do the Ironman in Hawaii, I didn't realize that it was actually, I was actually referring to the world championship and only about 8% of all age groupers actually ever qualify for this race. So it's very exclusive and you have to work for it. It's the main thing. And so, uh, 
anyway, so I made that goal and, uh, I was like, I want to do that someday. Well, I get out of college, you know, I actually technically college dropout and, um, I, uh, get out of there and I realized I'm like, you know what? Hey, I don't have a wife, girlfriend or kids right now. Why don't I work on making this dream into a reality? And so I had, you know, did my first triathlon in 2015 and was hooked after that. And so I, uh, you know, it was just this local Olympic distance race. It was amazing. And so anyways, I started an Instagram shortly after that in, uh, probably June or probably, I don't remember exactly when, but it was, yeah, around June or so after I did my first half Ironman in April of 2016. And I called it Kona qualified and Kona because worthy is where the Ironman world championship takes place in Kona, Hawaii. Right. Yeah, that's and, like a big epic one. Yeah. Yeah. And qualified is because I believe I was like, Hey, you know what? I already know I'm qualified to get there. I just have to put in the work in order to make that difference into a reality. Right. And so I uh, was just, I just had like basically the positive affirmation statement. I was kind of qualified. And so I um, went ahead and, you know, made that Instagram and kind of documented my journey to qualifying. And then in May of 2017, I realized what my life mission was and kind of give you some background. This guy who I mentioned before, uh, Craig, my best friend mentor, uh, I had been going to school several years ago and to kind of give you more background, I should say, to kind of lead into it. I had, used to hang around with some people that kind of talked down, not kind of, they talked down to me for not having a college degree like they had, for not having a family that was as affluent as theirs was, for not having a new car like they had and such. And so as a result of that, I I, I chose to feel inadequate about that because I, I firmly believe that no one can make you feel a certain way. And until you attach significance to that, to what they say, it has no power over you. But I chose to attach significance to it. So because of that, I chose to feel inadequate for these things, right? So Anyways, I'm, and these people were my best friends. I didn't realize until later on the benefit of hindsight that what was going on. But during this time, I'm hanging out with these people and I ended up going to school, not because I wanted to go to college, but because I basically wanted to gain these people's approval, you know, because they're going to division one schools, getting their degrees and whatnot. Well, and it's what you're supposed to do. It's Right. Yeah. Right. And so I, because of that, because I was going for the wrong reasons and felt like I was literally learning nothing, nothing applicable to my life. And I, and again, for anyone listening, not again, but for anyone listening, no knock on college. If you want to go there, if you have to be a lawyer, a dentist, a doctor, whatever, it's something that necessitates a college degree, go for it. If, if, if not, if you just want to go just for the fun of maybe the connections you'll make, go for it. Right. But it's just, no, it's not for everyone. And for me, that was certainly the case, you know? And so I just, um, I, so I, was that it's a college dropout? Hey, I actually love referring to myself as that because here's the thing. I have one class left if, if I want to get my associates, but I refuse to get it. And here, and the main thing is because like, I want to be as successful as I know I'm going to be in spite of having a college degree. So that way, not only it'll kind of, yeah. And not, not, not only because it'll kind of fly in the face and be a kind of a metaphorical middle finger to these people that so basically led me to believe I would never be anything without a college degree, but also it kind of shows people the possibility. It's like, Hey bro, just cause you don't have that doesn't mean it's not everything, you know? And I want to show that possibility and live a life of possibility in that aspect too. Yeah. So anyway, so during this time, going to school, hating the process, I end up meeting a friend, a guy who would become my best friend and mentor. His name is Craig. And I only reason he and I met um, at the time, our, our parents, our families used to go to the same church together. And during one summer of 2009, actually, um, he was that he herniated a disc in his back and his wife actually had shoulder surgery. And because of that, they couldn't take care of their lawn during the summer. And so, you know, Sandy reached out to my mom, asked if, you know, I'd be interested in doing the yard. I said, yes, went over there, did the yard for a summer. 
apparently uh, Craig was going to tell me not to come back after that summer. The reason being, it wasn't because my work was bad is because my mouth was so bad. I was just so sarcastic. Like everything was a joke. Right. And so Sandy, which I said this as many as I will continue saying this and do it whenever I'm financially able to uh, buy her like a trip or a new car or something, because she told Craig after this, she's like, well, have you confronted him about it? And he said, no. She said, well, maybe you should. And so he verbally, next time I, he saw me, he verbally kicked my butt about it. Right. And fully expected me not to come back because as you know, or maybe you don't know for anyone listening, as you'll find out, I should say, most people don't listen, you know, and as we've talked about before, most people don't listen. And he's fully expecting me not to listen to this advice that he gave me. Right. And so I ended up coming back. I don't, and for the record, I don't remember this conversation of him kind of kicking my butt either. Uh, but I ended up coming back and that kind of started this relationship that he and I have now. And he's literally, like I said, my best friend. And so I, um, after a little bit, I ended up, um, you know, he ended up putting a book in my hand called the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell, which what made me realize is, is like, dude, I love learning. Like, which during college, actually, I thought that I, I hated learning. I thought that I was just wasting my time. And I thought that I just had a negative association with learning. What I realized was it's like, no, you don't want to learn information that you feel isn't helping you become a better man. And that's what it ended up being. And so I, um, after he put that book in my hand, I started reading all of the Jim Collins books, all the Napoleon Hill, the James Allen, Tony Robbins material, all this kind of jazz. And because of that, I started changing the way I think. And that's how I became this so like positive, energetic kind of a guy because of the things I was inputting into my mind as well. Right. That's why it's so important. It's like the Bible talks about guard your heart, you yeah. know, for out of it, see the issues of, of life as the man think is in his heart. So is he, that's why it's so important to guard the things that you allow yourself to be influenced by because they will not immediately, but surely change, change who you are and will change your circumstances because of that, whether for a positive or for a negative. And so I, um, you know, I started, you know, changing the way I think doing all these kind of things. Well, during this time as well, I'm still hanging out with those people that I mentioned before. And they, uh, after what I would do is I go hang out with them. I come over to Craig's house and basically I'd unintentionally kind of vent and I'd, after a while, Craig, and after he and I started becoming closer, he goes, Ryan, have you ever noticed that whenever you go hang out with them and you come over to my house, you always feel like crap every time. And after a while, I'm like, you know what? You're right. So I really, what I did is I'd cut those people out of my life, kind of cold Turkey. And no notably only one of them ever reached out, wondered what happened. Right. So that was even more confirming. And so Anyways, after that, you know, fast forward a little bit, Craig and Sandy ended up moving to Bedford, Indiana to learn how to flip houses like Jim and Joanna Gaines kind of a thing. It's so weird that they moved to Bedford, Indiana. Yeah, dude. My, right, right up. My great grandmother lived in Olytic, Indiana, which is same five miles from Bedford. Yeah, same actually. What? No, I'm kidding. That was a joke. Oh, I was like, <laughs> what? No, yeah, I know. I, yeah. That's so weird because there's a, a limestone quarry there. I'm sorry to interrupt your story here, but. She no, you're good. At 12 Hoosier Avenue. That's how big Olytic is. 12 wow. is her address. And nice. it was right across the street from uh, one of the largest limestone quarries in the state. And the limestone from that quarry was actually the limestone that's used on the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Yeah. From the, I mean, that's wild that they moved to Bedford, Indiana. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. Fun fact for all the listeners of Caffeine and Sarcasm. That's yeah. whenever Logan and I got on the phone for the first time ever, that's the same fact he told me as well. He's like, bro, my grandma <laughs> lived in this limestone quarry and uh, it was used for the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm like, cool, man. <laughs> but no, that's a small town USA. I like that. Though. Yeah, man. 
but uh but no so they moved there and what was interesting during this time craig had actually actually is very sick and this is all leading towards why qualified peril was started it's not just like a random backstory but like um Craig had actually been a very successful businessman as well. He's actually one of the most brilliant people I know. Um, he used to run a company called Mrs. Fields Cookies, took it from a $25 million year company to almost a billion. I know exactly what Mrs. Fields Cookies is. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I know too well. There you go. Yeah, we're on a first name basis. Yeah. And uh, so, but he, uh, you know, very successful businessman. And he, um, one of the, so during the time that he and I were, you know, becoming better friends and such, we were supposed to get into business together, which nothing just ended up working out, which with the benefit of hindsight made me realize it didn't work out because it led me to what I'm doing today. You know, and that's a good thing about a life, a fun fact about life, you guys pro tip is that sometimes things don't work out. You might not understand why it didn't work out. Maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a business, whatever, but eventually it will make sense, right? So in other words, don't stop, keep going keep moving forward, look for a lesson, look for a growth opportunity, but keep moving forward. Don't stop. Right. Because I am a living example that if you keep going, great things will happen. Right. Just keep moving forward. Keep growing. No matter how dark it gets. Exactly. It's always darkest before dawn. Right. You got to just keep going though. But the, um, anyways, so after, during this time, again, like Craig and I were supposed to get in business together, nothing ended up happening, but so during this time as well, like I mentioned, I'm learning all this information, but I'm not using any of it. That's why I mentioned before, knowledge is only potential power. I'm learning all this information that can literally change my life, but I'm not applying it anywhere. So what does that lead to? Massive levels of frustration. I was just getting so irritated thinking that, you know, Craig should, Craig should be doing this. Craig should be doing that. We should be doing this and that together. But I realized that I was never really giving myself permission to actually take action. And so anyways, May 2017 rolls along. I'm in my room kind of on this rant of positivity is how I describe it. And I say out loud, I say, my mission is to live a life worth remembering, knowing the world was made better because I lived and because I was here. And I, after I said that I stopped and I was like, bro, that's, that's why we're here. And so the first thing that I was like, okay, well, what, what's next? So the first thing that came to mind after I said that out loud was apparel. And so I ended up launching, since my Instagram name was Kona Qualified, ended up launching a apparel brand called Kona Qualified Apparel, right? And the start was just ridiculous. I have no idea why anyone ever bought any of the shirts that we did. I mean, we didn't even hardly sell hardly any, actually, now I say that, but like maybe less than 20 shirts, if that. And uh, anyway, so, but the thing is, it was a start and that's what matters, right? It doesn't have to be sexy, just start, get it out there, get the process going. Anyway, so... I started that and in January of 2018, we changed the name from Kona Qualified Apparel to Disqualified Apparel. And we added the positive impact aspect of our company. Um, initially, we were giving to No Kid Hungry. Uh, we ended up changing that because uh, Feeding America had more opportunities to get involved locally. Um, they're the most efficient um, nonprofit, you know, hunger relief organization that 98% of money given to them goes directly into feeding people. So that was another big, you know, reason why we wanted to change them, but also yeah. the opportunities to, to volunteer. Well, they're not stuffing and, the pockets of CEOs. Exactly. Exactly. So it was pretty encouraging for that. And so anyways, I, uh, so yeah, we started that, did my first trade show in January of 2018. Um, we ended up changing the logo in 2019. And what's, what's awesome, dude, is like, in let me see so as i've been growing this company it's been really neat to see the uh the growth that we've been experiencing so oh gosh where are we at here there's a uh there it is so in 2018 we provided i say we the qualified family and qualified apparel the qualified family is what i refer to our amazing customer base as and so um 
in 2018, we provided 3,000 meals. In 2019, we provided 26,500 meals. In 2020, during a bad year, we were able to give more and provided 48,400 meals. And right now, we're actually on track to do over 100,000 meals just this year alone. So hypothetically, we could we're on track to double our meals we provided last year and be over 200,000 meals altogether provided as well. And y'all, I, I want to thank you. I want to touch on that real quick as well. Let's go. But like, I want to touch on that real quick for anyone who's starting. There's an example that my friend Craig gives me that is very, very good. And when it talks about business, business success, and you can relate this to any other area of your life as well. There was a company that he used to run called Angel Food Ministries. Now that company has since gone, gone, there was a whole big thing that went with the owner of that, not with my friend, but anyways, but the point of it is with the business side of it, the gentleman who started it, his first seven years of the, of the company, he did hardly nothing. It took him seven years to finally get over a million dollars in sales, which is not profit, but just sales, which is still great. I mean, nothing wrong with that, but still sales. Year nine, he went to over 50 million, if I'm not mistaken. And then several years after that, it was over 100 million, right? But the point of it is, y'all, great things take time. You know, like that, what's, what's fascinating to me, like what Logan and I talked about whenever this podcast opened up, the joy of past failures. Y'all, I look at that while 3,000 meals, I was super excited about that. That's going to pale in comparison to where we'll be next year. Or the year after that, and like I look forward, dude, to be being able to give million, provide millions of meals to families in America every year, and then provide water, and then freedom from sex trafficking, whatever else God would have us to do for the kingdom of God. Right? I look forward to that. But in the same sense, I enjoy where I'm at today. And you guys, you got to enjoy where you're at. You've got to love the process, commit to the process. And just enjoy the enjoy waking up every day, getting after it, loving what you're doing, and realize this too: you're not always going to have great days. You're not always going to have days where you're loving what you're doing either, y'all. I don't love whenever I have to do my freaking taxes. I don't love whenever I have to make certain calls to people. Don't I don't want to that. right, but that's a part of the business. You got to do it, you know. And I, I don't love it when I have to do certain things for the business side. I, there's not always things that I love, but I do it anyways. Why? Because it's a part of, it plays a part in the ultimate process of getting me wherever I want to be, you know? And that's one thing you got to realize. It's like, you're not always going to love it every day, right? There's going to be some days you're going to love it more than others, but that's a part of it. That's a part of life. That's why the worst advice I've ever gotten was like, do what you love. If you don't love it, don't do it. I'm like, bro, really? I'm like, there's going to be things that I, that I, that I, that I, you know, that I don't always love doing that are going to be a part of it, right? There's going to be times where I don't want to get up and train for the day, but you know what? Hey, if I want to qualify for the Boston marathon, it doesn't matter. Get your ass up and go train. I'm not always going to be motivated every day, but the motivation is not something that I have to rely on. It's the why behind what I'm doing it. You have that big enough why you're going to get going every single time, but you've got to continue doing the things, even when you don't love it, you know? So don't always do things that you love. That's terrible advice. You're always going to have to do things you don't love. You know, there's people, I'm sure there's, you know, people that are, you know, in law enforcement, for instance, right now that don't always enjoy certain aspects of, of their job, but they still do it regardless because why? Because it's just a part of it, you know, yeah. and no one really, I, I'm, I always say, you know, you should always do what you want. You should always do what you love. But always consider two things. One, 
that it's not illegal. And two, <laughs> you get all of the necessary things done first. Right. Yep. That's, I mean, those, those, that's really a way to live, you know, stop committing crimes. You know, you, I become Jim Carrey in liar, liar. Stop breaking the law. asshole. <laughs> it's so true. It's like, just yeah. stop. but as long as it's not illegal and you're getting all the little things done, that's what matters. You know, yep. the, the whole reason I am able to do this show is because I get the shit done that my wife needs done in the house. Yeah. Like that's, that is her love language. And, and, you know, I, I've talked about this before that I had to study to make our marriage work. Yeah. You know, people think that people, people want to believe that you shouldn't have to, Oh, it should just be love and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not like Moulin Rouge. It's not, you're not just able to, <laughs> to sing songs about love and, and do all this stuff. Um, which fun fact, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, Never you seen have it. to work for it. You have you in, in the little things that need to get done, the vacuuming, making sure the dishes are put away, the laundry is done, that sort of stuff. Those are the little things that I have to do in order to do the things that I love and, and the things that I want to do. Yep. Dude, name me one area in life that isn't amazing that doesn't require consistent work. You know, it's like name me one. There isn't one. Yeah. Like it, it, like it, nature by uh, like there's no there's nothing that ends up being great without consistent work. There's nothing it ends up being great without changes and such, right? You've got to go through the hard things in order to appreciate them more, right? It's like we talked about relationships er earlier. You go through the hard times and make sure your relationship better. Just like with your physical training, you go through physical training, you it sucks, you're sore but you end up getting better, right? There's nothing that comes in life that just by osmosis. You've got to put in the work. Even in nature, you like, I, I like to watch wild animals at work, big cats, you know, lions, tigers, that sort of stuff. And bears, oh my. Yeah, bears, oh my. I was hoping you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> lions, I got, I got when, you, bro. when they are, uh, you know, as they're male lions, as they're getting older and they start to, to separate from their mom, they're no longer being provided food and they have to go out on their first hunt. I, I watched this video recently of a lion that had his first kill. It was a young lion. He didn't have the large mane, um, and he's sitting there with a baboon, and baboons are vicious. They're, they're omnivores too. They'll eat, you know, they eat lion cubs, and this male, this young male lion, this teenage lion is sitting there with his first attempted kill, and it's still fighting back. He hasn't given it the deadly blow yet and he's learning how to do it as he's as he's sitting there and he almost looks like he's playing with it or confused as to why it's not just dead and he, because he hasn't done the little things he hasn't done the work in order to gain that meal now i'm not you know i'm not trying to glorify death here but that's nature this this lion has has grown i know it's such a strange concept but this lion has grown up so much now that he was taught how to eat and he watched his mom because the moms hunt, the males don't. He watched the female lions hunt and he learned from them. And then he started to apply it. He took a step towards it. Then he grabs a hold of this baboon and he's going, oh my gosh, this thing is fighting back. Now he's, he's injured it. It's, it's dead, but it's still fighting. It's still alive. And he's trying to figure it out. Those are the life lessons that we can take away from, from nature, from wild animals, is that the things that we observe and then we apply, 
we have to apply and apply and apply again and again in order to keep that consistency up. It goes back to consistency. It goes back to getting those synapses firing faster and faster. You're defaulting to the level of your training. That lion was training, but he was also surviving. That's the way it works. That is, that is our nature, and, and that is nature in itself. 100%. I agree. And what's cool about that, too, you mentioned, like, you know, the young lion seeing his mom do it and whatnot. He knew it was possible that he could do the things that he did because he saw it done before by someone else. Yep. And that's so, so true in regards to, there's a great movie I'm sure you've already seen called The Edge with Anthony Hopkins, right? You've seen it? Oh, yeah. So whenever that part, when Anthony Hopkins says, you know, for, for the record, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, I'm going to go and spoil it, but see it regardless. It's still an amazing movie. He, he's trying to convince, uh, was it Alec Baldwin? Is that who's the guy's name yeah, or something? Yeah, Baldwin? It's Alec Baldwin. And I don't know. for the other guy, I'd already died by this point. But um, anyways, but like he, uh, Anthony Hopkins is trying to get, convince him because they need to kill this bear that's hunting them because he's not, the I know bear's exactly not going to stop. Yeah. And though, so Anthony Hopkins had read in this like survival guide book about these Native Americans who had actually killed a bear as a proof, proof of manhood and whatnot. Like, and so they, but he knew based on these factual stories that it was possible that it could be done. And the other guy is just really doubtful. He's like, dude, we can't kill the bear. He's, you know, he's hunting. He's like always two feet in front of us every single time. You know, he's always going to, you know, be ahead of us, whatever. And Anthony Hopkins looks at him. He goes, you want to die out here, don't you? He goes, well, I'm not going to die. He says, what one man can do, another can do. And he gets continues saying it over and over again. What one man can do, another can do. And he gets his buddy to say it. Well, one man can do, another can do. And y'all, you've got to come to that realization in your life. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what skin, what background you are, what ethnicity you are. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't, none of those things matter what matters is what you believe is possible for yourself. Just like with my whole act to the stimulus that is exactly. It's like what you believe is possible for yourself. Just like with my whole brand is centered around. You are qualified to make a difference with the life that you've been given. But I always make a point of saying this as well, but you still got to put in the work to make that difference into a reality. There's no such reality, something for nothing, but you've got to come from the belief first that is possible. And if you see someone just like, I love what Gary Vaynerchuk says, if you see someone who looks like you and they've succeeded, you don't have any excuse, but better yet, you see another human being at the most basic level. We're all human beings at the most basic level. Just like Ben Carson said, it's like, dude, I can never tell the race of anyone. If you're not familiar with who Ben Carson is, it's like, he's a neurosurgeon. Same. Yeah. He's like, boo, I'm, I'm operating on someone. I don't know what race they are. I don't know what you know gender there are. I just, they all look the same on the inside. Right. And that's the truth. I mean, obviously women will look the same in certain areas and men will, but for the mat for for all you know you know for all intents and purposes we're all created the same way you know we all have different things you know different inclinations towards certain things we're better at certain things we can get into the whole argument of you know men and women sports and women and men sports and men or women and all that but the the angle of the hips is what gives it away that's just fine right <laughs> but the point of it is it's like dude if it's possible for someone else it's possible for you too it's just what story are you telling yourself about why you can or cannot have something yeah. You know, change the narrative, you know, that's, don't listen to people who tell you can't do it. That's not even my favorite quote from that movie. Like, I mean, that, that's a great movie. It's an inspiring, it's an inspiring movie, but my favorite is I have it right here. We're all put to the test, but it never comes in the form or at the point we would prefer. Yep. I have, dude, I have that same quote in my phone that I put in there when, years ago when I first saw that movie. Yep. 
like that to me is like, yes, we're all tested. All of us, every single one of us, we all have different tests, but it never comes in the form that you expect it or at the point in your life that you expect it. You didn't expect to have the struggles that you went through. You didn't expect to, for the business that you went in with Craig or whomever it was. I'm sorry. I don't recall the name. I'm terrible with names. It's Craig. You're good. Um, you didn't expect that to fall through, but your reaction to it, the aftermath of that, the fallout from it is what you came out of and came up with the qualified. That's how she, that's how you should react to things. Right. But instead people wallow in the pity. They put on these, these masks of sadness and just walk around and, and that's it. Which is like, for the record, the masks of sadness are the masks that protect us from the quote unquote, protect us from the scamdemic. <laughs> but, but just like you talked, you, what did you say? Uh, oh gosh. You just said something that I was just about to say that it was a good point. Dag never. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> That's it. Okay. So there we go. Thank you. Um, and break. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, and, uh, Andy, to go back to Andy as well, Andy Priscilla, he had made a point in a great, in a recent episode called Full Throttle or No Champagne Bottle. One of the things that he mentions in this episode, dude, it's so good. Um, one of the things he mentions in that episode is in today's society, we have a society that is competing for who the biggest victim is going to be, which in reality is a competition for who the biggest loser is going to be. So it's like, y'all... Your story might not be congenial. I get it. You might come from a terrible background. You might not have the best parents. You might have not had parents at all. You might have had a lot of abuse happen to you. Dude, my friend Elizabeth Frazier was in sex trafficking for over 20 years of her life, being pimped out by her parents from the age of four, yet she still has made something great of her life. So yeah, your story might not be great, but dude, there are tons of people that Logan and I could both name that have had awful stories, awful things happen to them, but they reframed it in a way where it happened for them and not to them to where they were able to then make something great of their life. It's like you either make an excuse or you make a result. You turn your story into, you turn your mess into your message. You know, it's what are you willing to get? That's, that's the biggest thing. That's, that's one of the yeah. big things that I had to learn this year was learn to be grateful. You know, no matter how bad it is, no matter how dark it is, Learn to be grateful for, for what things are happening. That's 100%. It's a huge area that a lot of people only practice once a year on Thanksgiving. You know, it's not oh, something that they sure. perpetuate yeah. the rest of the year. You know, it's like gratitude is such a game changer, man. Like be grateful for where you're at in your life. If you're not where you want to be just yet, well, be grateful you're not where you used to be, you know? And even if you just started your journey and like dude, literally today is day one for you, well, be grateful that you're not where you were yesterday because today you made the decision to make a change. So start from there and keep moving forward, you know? Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I'm grateful that you were able to come on the show with me. I'm, I'm grateful that we were able to figure this out. Finally yeah, dude. Set up a time. This, is, this has been great, man. I, I really think that this is, uh, this is one of the best that I've had. I was it's seriously like, you know, I mean, sometimes <laughs> I, I just talk shit and, and I just have fun with people. And that's fun. You know, it's all good and well. But every once in a while, I want one that's really going to bring value to people and, and, and have people think and maybe change their life and everything. And I'm like, you know what? This Ryan guy, this, this one might be the one that hey. somebody will step up. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. My pleasure. I feel like this one was definitely a lot better than the one that we had originally done, too, actually. So, so too, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, where, where can everybody find your stuff at? So you just go on to, uh, I mean, I'm on Instagram, Ryan C Huff, C, um, C is in cats Huff. I I don't really like cats, but Ryan C Huff nonetheless is on Instagram. And, uh, uh, what is it? What's that? C is in carrot, but then I confuse that with carrots of gold though, which is with a K. So I don't Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So Ryan C Huff on Instagram, you can find me there. Um, qualified apparel. You can find us at qualified apparel on Instagram or qualified dash apparel.com. Uh, the qualified podcast is on anywhere you listen to ice and you'll listen to uh podcast at, and uh, yeah, you can also find me here on caffeine and sarcasm. So there, <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks brother. We, we appreciate you coming on and uh, dude, it's, it's just, it's just been awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful for it. I have gotten a lot out of this and I hope everybody else does as well. So thanks for listening, everybody. All right, everybody. Big thanks to Ryan Huff for coming on the show. I I know I got a lot out of this episode and I hope you guys did as well. Uh, If you did, please do me one favor and share the show. Uh, Share it on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever, um, and let people know that this is a great episode, even if it's just this one. Um, I would love to see this show grow, and and, and as it's it's getting larger and getting more listens, I'm, I'm just getting more and more excited about it. So uh, thank you to those who have done that. Um, I did want to give a couple of shout-outs to um, uh, the folks that have supported me um, on Anchor, uh, which you can support the show if if you would uh, feel so inclined. Uh, you can support the show by giving ninety nine cents a month, four ninety nine a month, or nine ninety nine a month. Um, it's very cool, and and I'm just I'm dumbfounded as uh, as I see more and more people giving to the show. So I wanted to give a big thanks to Joni, uh, Mr. Michael, Marshall, and Jeff. Uh, those are my monthly supporters. Um, I, I'm just shocked that I still have some. So uh, big thanks to everybody out there. Um, uh, run over to Apple Podcasts if you would. You leave me a five-star review. Leave me a written review. Uh, and that would be great as well. So, yeah, thanks for listening in, and I hope you all have a great day. This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them.